Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I welcome you in the presence of the Lord. We are glad to be here, and I'm glad to have you. I just want you to greet somebody next to you. Hallelujah. If you're happy to be here, greet somebody next to you. If you're happy to be here. If you do not greet anyone, it means you ain't happy. Greet somebody next to you. Come on. Greet somebody next to you. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory, 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 glory. Are you excited to be here? Yes. yes. <laughs> Are we happy to be here? Yes. Hallelujah. I greet you once again in the wonderful name of the Lord Jesus. Um, have a seat. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. again in the wonderful name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Um, we are grateful to the Lord for today. <clears throat> it is a day that the Lord has made and indeed we are rejoicing and we are glad in it. Hallelujah. Who is up here with that side? Is she alone with Denny? It's only up here who's supposed to be that side. looking into God's word. Pardon my voice. It's been, I know it's deep, but today it sounds a bit deeper. It's strained a bit. Um, I attempted singing something I've not done in a while. So, <clears throat> with a live band. So, it, it, it got strained a bit. Um, and yesterday I was ministering at a friend of mine's 35th birthday party. And so it just got further um, <clears throat> strained. But I trust the Lord that um, we will be able to communicate what the Lord has um, would like to um, bring across to us. Amen. Mini, it's okay. You can just come and join the rest of the play later. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Um, we are going to be, you'll excuse me, I'll keep taking a sip of water just because of my throat. Um, we're going to be looking at something um, that the Lord has laid in my heart um, to communicate with us this morning, <clears throat> which is understanding generational curses and negative inheritance now. I know that sometimes this seems to be, um, I don't know whether to call it controversial for lack of a better term, but um, sometimes it's not believed that there is any impact or could be any impact in the life of a believer when it comes to or pertains to generational curses 
and negative inheritance. So, because one would say, but doesn't the Bible says we are new creations? I mean, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation, and all things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And of course, true, truthfully, so the Bible says that. Um, in the same vein that everyone is saved. Can we agree on that one? Everyone is saved from sin. Everyone in the whole world, right? Everyone in the whole world is safe from sin. But it's not everybody that has, has become born again, right? So it means that what's needed, there's a vital and a legal aspect to salvation. The legal part of it is that Jesus died for the sins of all men, everyone. White, purple, green, or yellow, male or female. So that's a legal aspect of it. And everyone is saved from sin. So Jesus doesn't need to come back and save anyone from sin. He's already saved us from sin. However, there's a, a vital aspect to salvation, which means we have to believe in what he has done and personalize it. So we accept it, we believe it with our hearts, and we then confess with our mouths. Then we are born again, right? So um, there is a legal aspect also when it comes to uh, being delivered from generational curses, negative um, inheritance. There's also a vital aspect to it. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Are we following? Amen. I've not had you confused. Because I know that we, we can say, I have no dealings with that because, I mean, I'm a new creation. However, <clears throat> um, salvation is not effective in our lives until we accept Jesus' sacrifice by faith and we appropriate it ourselves, for ourselves. And that means that is the vital part, like I've said. And then Jesus' death on the cross paid the penalty and broke the power of sin for everyone. From Adam to the last person, to the last person standing on the earth until the end of age. That is the legal aspect. <clears throat> now, that is the same when it comes to deliverance from generational curses and negative inheritance. Just as salvation, like I said, it must be appropriated through faith. Until you appropriate it, or rather, until you appropriate Jesus' sacrifice through faith, it is not effective in your life. And so the curse can remain, and you might find yourself a victim of that. Now I will explain what um, is a generational curse, what is a negative inheritance. <clears throat> um, we have seen how uh, it is said that you look like your father. You look exactly like your mother. I know many, many times I've been told I look my mother. Excuse me, I look like my mother. And funny enough, there are certain features I've seen that, okay, I, I have her eyes that I've seen, this and that. And sometimes it could be that I see certain mannerisms. I'm like, hmm, okay. Inasmuch as people can inherit physical um, traits, um, 
I know that when I met my father, I realized that my, my, my feet are somehow like this, and I saw that's how he is also. So there are certain things when I met him, I also realized that his teeth like, are like this, exactly like mine. So there are serious physical traits that I picked up or inherited from my parents. The same thing, they are bloodline operations, whether good or bad, that you can inherit from um, either your mother, your father, or even from both sides of the family. Hallelujah. Are we following? Amen. So um, when it gets to generational curses, the same way as a generational blessing exists, it is also true that there could be a generational curse. And we see the first mention of a generational blessing um, in Genesis. When God speaks to Abraham, first he was, at that time he was Abraham. He speaks to him, he says, I, will, I want, I'm going to make you a blessing and I'll, from you the families of the earth will be blessed. So God would bless generations through one man. And so God wanted to bless generations that would come after him. And these nations would come from him. And he released a blessing and said, whoever, um, all he says, all families of the earth are blessed. That is why we say Abraham's blessings are mine. It's something generational. And we believe we are from, um, as the Bible tells us, we are um, a seed of Abraham, simply because we are in the genealogy of Christ. So there would be a mention of each generation. There are 14 generations until so-so person. There are 14 generations until so-so uh, so -so person. And it comes to Christ, the generations of Christ. And we are the generation of Christ. So we are able to inherit these blessings. That's why we say Abraham's blessings are mine. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. So it's clear. That if a generation, a, a, a blessing can be generational, so can be a, uh, a curse. And I want to point us out to um, a negative inheritance or a, gen a, gener a generational curse that we see from Genesis chapter 3, verse 16 to 19. Genesis 3, 16, 19. Can somebody read it for us? Genesis. I want us to understand this because if we're going to deal with it, we need to be able to first understand. The Bible says, my, peof, my people, they are perishing because they lack knowledge. And so sometimes when we do not understand a subject, we cannot really um, address it or an issue or a situation. We can't really address it. And I've realized that there have been some extremes around this subject generational curses and negative um, inheritances. But you see, we will not overcome a, a, an extreme by ignoring um, a truth there is in something. <clears throat> so we need to realize the truth and then uphold the truth and do away with the extremity. And I know that many times when it comes to even the issue of deliverance, there are always questions. Do I need to be delivered? I'm now born again and all of that. So there are many questions like that. But I want us to understand um, what the word teaches us. And we're going to take it from there. And when we have gotten to understand all of this, we can then, <clears throat> we can, uh, then address uh, matters uh, 
accordingly. Hallelujah. <coughs> Is somebody going to read for me? Genesis 3 from the 16 to 19. Somebody? Or should I ask someone to read? And unto the women he said, I will greatly multiply <coughs> that sorrow in thy conception. In sorrows thou shalt bring forth children. <coughs> Sorry. In thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. And unto Adam he said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it. Cast is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Verse 18. Thorns also and thistles shall it bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat the herb of the field. Verse 19. In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread, till thou return unto the ground, for out of it wast thou taken, for dust thou art, and unto dust shalt thou return. Amen. Can somebody read for me Psalm 51 verse 5? Um, while, uh, let me first read while you look for it. I will be reading from Romans chapter 5 verse 12. Wherefore, as by one man's sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon, I want you to highlight that word, passed upon death passed upon all men for that all have sinned anybody got to psalm 51 verse 5 behold i was brought forth in iniquity and in sin my mother conceived me all right and romans i'm going to read romans 3:23 and it says for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans 5 says, By one man sin entered. David says in his, one of his psalms, he says, I was born in iniquity. Romans 3, 23 says, All have sinned. But you mean... I didn't do anything wrong. I've not sinned. It's inherited. Hallelujah. Are we following? So what we read uh, in Genesis 3, it, it is a curse because of sin that not only came upon Adam and Eve, but it came upon everyone that would be born, all of humanity. But what did we do? We didn't even ask to be created. And here we are, the moment we come out into this world, we're born into this world, we are called sinners. We've not even done anything. How is it possible? So we see that when it comes to a generational curse, it has nothing to do with what you have done. But it is about a rebellion that existed before you were even born. So it has nothing to do with you. You may not even have any intentions of rebellion. But because of one person's rebellion, what happened? We're all considered. The human race was considered what? Rebellious, sinners. For all men have sinned and they fall short of the glory. I want us, I want us to consider Lamentation, chapter 1, verse 1. 
chapter 5, verse 7. I want, I, I want us to establish something, to understand this so that we can see what we mean when we're talking about generational curses and negative in, um, inheritance. Are we following so far? Yeah. Is it registering a little bit? Yes. All right. Lamentation chapter 5 verse 7. <clears throat> and somebody just get ready. Proverbs 13.22. Lamentation 5 7. I know lamentation is tricky. It's just right after Jeremiah. Right after Jeremiah. Those using phones should have found it because it's a matter of just typing. Lamentation 5 7. Um, our fathers have sinned and are not, and we have borne their iniquities. Our fathers have sinned. They are no more, they are not here. But we have borne what? Their iniquities. Their iniquities. No, no, they are the ones that sinned. But we are the ones implicated and we carry whatever it is um, that they have done. Proverbs 13.22. Anybody? Proverbs 13.22. Did we find Lamentation 5.7? <laughs> okay. Okay, Proverbs 13.22. A good man leaves inheritance to his children's children, mm -hmm. but the wealth of the sinner is thought up for the righteous. Okay, so it talks about a good man that would leave what? Inheritance for his children. So, any good man, a man is seen to be good when he leaves inheritance, but it's not all inheritance that is good, there's negative inheritance. There are things that we inherit, like I said, that could be physical traits that we got. You know, I've inherited, I think, f so much physically from my, from my mother that there's a skin condition that I have, she has. It's not something I took or just developed out of my own. I'm, my skin is sensitive to heat, so when it gets, I will know when um, summer is about to come or spring is about to come. I'll get black spots just on my back. She has that. So we, you treat it, you have to treat it with some, some, there's this thing you have to apply on your back or wherever it is to treat that thing. But I got it from her. And sometimes like I've, I've, I think I've got so many things from her. You know, it's not nice. I was thinking about the skin thingy because in the summer, I feel it. It's, it's, it's a, my skin is very sensitive to the heat. Funny enough, it hides in, in, in places like here, here, or just hidden places at least. You know, it can't be, it's not visible. Nevertheless, what I'm trying to say that there are things we inherit. So a good man leaves an inheritance, and that inheritance can be good or bad. So we can have good inheritance. We can have things that your father lives for you. Things that your mother can live for you. It's the same thing. It's the same thing when it comes to things in the spirit. 
First and foremost, before life is physical, life is spiritual. Do you know that? Because many people have neglected the spirituality of life. They feel well, life is life is life is just life, you know. Life is spiritual. Before you see the things that you see in the physical are a manifestation of what has taken place in the physical. You know that some people have inherited anger. Like she's so, she's as mean as her mom. <laughs> she's as she has she's short tempered as her father. Those are inheritances. So we inherit even good traits and bad traits altogether. So it's very much possible that there could be something that has been going on, a curse that has been going on 14 generations before yours. And it is passed on generation to generation. And you see, now how do you identify a generational curse? It is identifiable in patterns. Repetition, repetitions, repetitive patterns. You see a pattern. Are we following? So a curse is a spiritual force which has a magnetic mechanism. It has uh, the ability to attract, um, or rather it is an attractive power that attracts negative implications. Hallelujah. It attracts negative implications. It is an invocation set to attract woes, calamities, affliction, and affliction in the life of the one it is upon. It may be made manifest through utterances or declarations, written words or ordinances. It can be a result or a consequence of an act. You can inherit it, like we have said, like a blessing. It is seen in patterns, repetitions of negative occurrences. A curse doesn't mean you are a sinner. Remember, I said, when Adam and Eve sinned, everyone was called a sinner. The things that may be patterns and maybe you may be identifying them that in generations past I saw them and I'm beginning to see them in my own life. It does not mean you're a sinner when you're born again. It does not mean you're doing something wrong. But it just means that you have not appropriated the sacrifice Jesus has made to address those things and say, I disconnect myself from any limitation, from any curse in my bloodline, because my life is no longer found. My DNA is now that of Jesus. It is that of God. It is my life is now traceable, not to the first Adam, but to the last, the second and last Adam. So these are things you have to do consciously. You don't just say, well, I'm a new creation and that's it. And you think these things will not have an impact in your life. So you need to address them and then be intentional. The same way you accepted Jesus, be intentional about it, declare it. If we don't take a stand against these, we might find ourselves as victims. We've spoken um, before about um, aligning with your eternal ordination. 
aligning with the purposes of God and living life according to God's plan, right? But you know, there are limitations and hindrance to that. And generational curses and negative inheritances can be and are a limitation. You find a person has got a great destiny, but yet they cannot just begin to fulfill it. They are stagnated. They, are, they cannot progress. And you're like, but why? This person has so much potential. Things from their father's house are fighting them. They would not allow them to go beyond a certain point because it was declared in days of old, long before you were even born, that you will not go beyond this point. Or every male child born into this family will never go beyond this point. Or every male child in this family will never live beyond the certain age. And it's seen then as a pattern that people may die at before the age of 60. It could be even patterns that female or girl children in this family, they can never get married. And if they do, it will be great difficulty and their marriages will not last. You wonder, it's generational. I know from where I'm coming from that most of the women, it would be they have children in their teens. And if it's not in their teens, definitely before they get married, definitely from different men. And by God's grace, if they do get married, there will be challenges in their marriages. I also know that male children they would have many children from different women. It's a pattern. Like their father. It's a pattern. And when you have become born again, you need to rise up in authority in the name of Jesus and draw a line and say it ends with me. I remember God saying, I am doing something new with your life. You're going to be a trendsetter in that even those who come after you, they will follow that trend. Sometimes we see patterns, repetitive occurrences, and we wonder why. It could be that in a family, you see that women in that family will raise children by themselves. The mother, the grandmother. A repetitive cycle. Men are nowhere to be found. They do not stay to father their children. And women have to raise their children single-handedly. It's a pattern. And you need to rise up in authority in the name of Jesus and it ends with me. It's not going to happen with me. Sometimes there are patterns like near success syndrome. We perceive that something good is about to happen and you're all excited. Wow, it's about to happen. And then it just dies out. And it's patterns. But I almost... That door was open. What happened? It's a pattern. There was a woman I was praying for some time last year from Namibia. A pattern that was in her family was that of alcoholism. I, 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 I was communicating with her through the phone, over the phone, but I had never met her before. But the moment we began to speak, she was just asking me to pray for her. She wants a job, and she just recently got born again. And so, and then I was like, okay. Um, when I began to pray for her, I began to see that generations, it's been a thing, alcoholism. She was suffering from it. Yes, she's been born again, but she, there's an urge she cannot kill. 
for alcohol, and it was being passed on to her child, her daughter. They are destructive patterns that if we do not draw the line, we become carriers and our children and their children will suffer the same things. So we can't take it lightly and say, no, I'm born again, I'm fine. You have to rise up and say, whatever it is, you know there are covenants that are entered to, there are some men and women that oh, in, in days of old that you know nothing about, your great, great, great fathers and grandmothers, they might have gone to certain people. There are covenants that were made that every child born in this family, this should be the outcome of their life. And you don't know those declarations. You have no business. So our fathers have sinned. They are gone, but we bear their iniquities. So we live and we wonder, but why is it this happens? We have no idea of the covenants that were, you know there's some people who enter into a covenant with demonic spirits, demonic spirits and that their children are implicated. These things, they are things they do in the dark. Some they do because they want to get wealth. A door opens and the devil finds a legal stand in that family. You can speak in tongues all you like. You finish speaking in tongues, you come back and he say, oh yeah, come, let me deal with you. It's a generational thing. Until you rise up in authority in the name of Jesus and you come by the blood of Jesus, it will stand. I know too well. I know too well. The things you have to tackle. Now that you're born again, you have to be able to address these things. We need to acknowledge what the Lord Jesus has done and speak in agreement with it, thus bringing it into full effect in our lives. We need to um, separate ourselves from this by declaring what Jesus has already done for us. Now these patterns I've mentioned as at stagnation, delay, bad habits, depression, Affliction of various kinds, poverty, limitations, sickness, and disease. But you ask, what could lead to these things? Among many other, before I get to that, among many other um, patterns, it could be untimely death, delay in marriage, children out of wedlock, suicide, destructive behavior, mental illness. Fear, adultery, immorality, drug addiction, domestic violence, sexual abuse, child abuse, divorce. Have you ever heard when doctors would go to the doctor and they would ask you, is there anyone in your family that has cancer or diabetes? Because the even science acknowledges the fact that sicknesses can be passed down from generation to generation. It, it runs in the family you might be in a position of getting the same. And so they need to know how to treat it. They will ask you, is, is there anyone who has this? You say no. Oh yes, oh yes, that's why. Some, some you see, there are diseases, in fact, all diseases are not natural in the sense that it's the devil who afflicts you know, diseases. But there are some diseases that are, that are generational in the sense that everyone, there should be someone, there's a household I know that most of the people there are HIV positive. 
It's not just because they were, you know, only uh, sleeping around or whatnot. It is a spirit in that family. Everyone is HIV positive. It's generational. It's a curse. And to escape these things, we need to address them. A generational curse comes through the bloodline. It can only be cancelled by the blood. Generational influences are the ability to bring blessings and curses to your life. An understanding of this reality brings the power to change not only your life but that of your family members. You can rise up then as a priest. You can rise up as an intercessor in your family and cut off anything that has been prevalent in times past. Because you now know, unless you are able to detect, pick up these things, you can't really rise up and deal with them. Hallelujah. We may find that these came about, these curses came about, I said, because of certain actions. It could be something that was done. Um, Proverbs 26, verse 2. Somebody read it, please. A curse cannot remain without cause. It cannot be that just a curse. No, there's always a cause. Proverbs 26.2. Anybody? As the bear by wandering, as the swallow by flying, so the curse causeless shall not come. So a curse cannot be causeless. There is always a curse. I mean a cause. It means they, um, a curse finds potency and is activated because there is something. There ought to be a violation for a curse to stand. And violations could be things like idolatry. You could come from a family that was given to idols. It could be consulting mediums, witchcraft, astrologers, etc. That's a violation because the Bible tells us not to do that. I'd say to people, when you go to these people who see and you say, please um, tell me what you see or whatever, you are opening a door a legal stand for the devil. So in such matters, we don't cast out devils anymore. What we need to do, we cry for mercy because the devil has the right to be there. You open the door. Many people have opened the door to the devil and they do not know. Another violation could be unnatural sexual relationships. These include Fornication, homosexuality, incest, bestiality. These are violations. And these are the things that bring in the curse.
could also be injustice to the weak. Things like murder, child abuse, rape, abortion. These open a door, they bring a curse. So you'd find that someone decided, no, we will erect an altar. And this is the altar we will make, we were making sacrifices. And that altar has been remaining or been there. You see these people who slaughter cows and goats for the ancestors. They do not know that they are doing that in worship. And some, they say, no, we are not worshiping. We are just honoring. But no, you even invoke the spirit of the dead. You say uh, they should speak or whatever it is. That brings a curse. And so it's something that's observed from generation to generation. It has implications. And once you are born again, you need to separate yourself, cut yourself off from that. I remember when I was a, a child, I don't know why my memory is so vivid, but I think I was three or four. We're staying with my grandfather, grandmother, my grandfather, polygamous man. And um, was back in the village. They were staying there. One evening, a, they called them Inyanga in Zulu, witch doctor, herbalist, king. We were all um, given marks. Here, I still have one. We're all given marks. We're all given marks. Everyone was given a mark. They would put some black stuff here. And then um, there was a, you know these three leg pots? They have three legs. Some are big, some they come small sizes. So the lid, big lid, was placed on fire. And something was poured on the lid. It was facing up. Something was poured on the lid and were asked to be, as it is on the fire, touch and lick, touch and lick. We are kids, we do not know the implications of that. We don't even know what it does. Everyone in the household was supposed to do that. But I tell you, there are spiritual implications. Blood was shed. We don't know what was done. Why was it even coming? What was said? You'd find that five years, ten years down the line, you're struggling with certain things because of such things. I then once had a dream. As I was in some service, and in this service, Pastor Chris Oyakilomo was ministering. Funny, I was wearing, instead of dressing up normally, I was wearing a wrapper around me. As the man of God was ministering, I was sweating profusely. Barely so to a point that I felt like I had wet myself because I was so wet. And when I stood up, the man of God said to me, yes, it's been there for 23 years. He first said 23 years, and I was like, 23 years? I'm not 23. He says, no, the sweating, don't be ashamed. The sweating, you are excreting everything that has been there for 23 years. I do not know what that was. But I was being delivered in a dream. Something that has been there for 23 long years. You see, when we do not tackle these things, 
We may go around in life and we do not know why. We can't explain some struggles. I do not know what was done. Something, it, it even said, since you were a child. What was it? What did I get from who? That I was sweating. And he says, no, do not be ashamed. It's coming off of you. And when he saw those words, I fell under the anointing. And I woke up only to find that I was sweating for real. And I was like, what in the world was that? The Lord said it was deliverance. There are some deliverances the Lord does himself. Hallelujah. Amen. Because he knows that this has been a, an issue. You may suffer rejection for the longest time in your life. You do not know what's happening. Wherever you go, people don't like you. You don't struggle with such a thing. The first impression people are going to get of me, most of the time, people are not going to like me. Uh -uh. Have I done anything wrong to you? you just... Some would even come and confess and say, you know what, I really didn't like you when I first met you. Uh -uh. What did I do to you? These could be implications of things that were done to you. Or done on your behalf. You're suffering the sins of somebody else who did something you have no business with. Amen. Amen. This is not to scare us, but to, break, to open our eyes. To be intentional about our lives. The kind of lives we have to live. And the legacy that we want to live. I stood up one day and I said, I will not make the same mistakes as women in my bloodline. I will not fall where they've fallen. I will not be limited where they've been limited. I'll go higher. If they've ever gone higher, I'll go higher. If they were ever limited some way, I'm crossing those boundaries that were set for them. Because I've seen the struggles of people that I've gone after. And with that authority, I remember when the Lord said, when I visited at my grandmother's, the Lord said, I shall lay hands of, on, on every child. I said, you will not suffer the same things that your parents have suffered. I draw a line and I stand and I come with the authority and rod of a high priesthood. And I say, it ends here with you. It will, it will not get to you. Because there are things that children suffer because of their parents. And I said, I want to have a righteous seed. One day the Lord said to me, lay your hand on your womb. And I did that and he said, you know the reason, some of the things that you are ba you've battled with, the battles you've faced, it's because nobody was able to pray for you before you were, even be, uh, you were even conceived. Because no, how could that be? I was not even planned. A teenager gave birth to me. How would have she known what to do before conception? She should have been scared that, oh my goodness, I'm pregnant. She wouldn't have had time to be all prophetic and all whatnot with me. It was out of one lock. And so the Lord said, lay your hands on your womb and begin to speak to it. That it will, it will, it will produce and bring birth to that which I, whatever I say to you, now say it. And I began to pray accordingly. The Lord said, begin to pray for your unborn children. You see, the battles we fight, it's because nobody was um, perceptive enough in the spirit to know how to set a course, chapter course that our lives should follow. We followed and we failed where they failed. We failed where they failed, they fell. If there were any holes that were dug for them, we also fell into the same. 
It's in those moments that Dalil began to reveal to me how many kids I would have. Names, specifics. And I began to decree and prophesy accordingly. Funny enough, I will have girl children. And I know the things that I've gone through. And I had to draw the line and I said, none, none of my daughters will go through that. So if we're not intentional about this life, you know, we will, we will just continue. Negative inheritance passed on. There are covenants that were entered on your behalf and you're not even there. They would say, you will serve this altar. And when you become one again, you don't serve that altar. You wonder what is fighting your life. That altar is calling your name. You have to come bow here. You, you, you don't understand. You don't know. You are not there. Some would have gone and said, give us a male child. If you give us a male child, we will do something or he will come do this and that. You have no business with that. And because you've given your life to Christ, you wonder why are you fighting so many demonic spirits? Those altars are calling you. Hallelujah. Are we following? Amen. That's why I'm saying we need to be intentional about our lives. Take a stand. Some, some, some people may not even know by biological parents. So you don't even know, you can't even trace anything or see any patterns that, oh, okay. Some don't, don't know their fathers. I've not had a child out of wedlock, not because I've been able to keep myself and be like, no. It's because I vowed and I said, I will not repeat the errors of the women in my bloodline. That cannot happen. It will not happen. I know the pain of the absence of the father. And I will not allow that because it is not God's will. There are things we need to be intentional about. I've seen broken marriages and so it will not be my portion. Adultery, whatever it is, it will not be my portion. about these things. Someone will say, oh, well, nothing's happening in my family. Everything is all rosy. Okay, that's beautiful. We know the kind of backgrounds we come from. And we've seen things. And we need to rise up and put an end to it. What is the aim to all of this? The aim is to pass the blessing to future generations and to live a good inheritance and a legacy of faith. Somebody read for me 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5. 2 Timothy 1, 5. Today we're going to pray. The Lord said to me, today will be prophetic. The unction that has come today, particularly prophetic. We're going to tackle certain things today. Hallelujah. Second Timothy 1 5. Second Timothy 1 5. Second Timothy 1 5. Second Timothy 1 When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that in thee also. That's the kind of legacies we're going to leave. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. If you believe that, say amen. amen. That, that's the kind of legacy you're going to live. 
I made up my mind that that's the legacy. When they look at my children, they will say, first, it was a faith I saw in your grandmother. I saw it in your mother, now I see it in you. I want the same to be said concerning their children and their children. No curse. An inheritance that I will live for my children is that. A legacy of faith. A legacy of faith. I want us to put an end to these nonsenses. Witchcraft angers me so much that I deal with it with so much anger and boldness because I've seen how it has ruined, manipulated people's destinies. I want us to deal with those nonsenses in the name of Jesus. I don't know how your family background is. I do not know if there are certain things you might have noticed that are patterns and you're like, hmm. Maybe yours may not be as serious as somebody else's that in their family, women are not getting married. And you feel like your time has come and it has passed and nothing is happening for you. And maybe it may not be as that serious, but you are picking up some traits that I have my mother's anger or my father's short temper. I have his lying tongue. I have his ways. My father was a womanizer and so I'm a womanizer. Whatever it is, no matter how severe it is, I want you to take a stand today. I want you to take a stand today and address these matters. Generational curses and negative inheritance can only be addressed in view of Christ's finished redemptive work. No curse or negative inheritance can be defeated without the blood of Jesus. Outside of Jesus' finished redemptive work, we cannot address these things. We have to come by the blood of Jesus. We are only legally exempted and not vitally exempted if we do not rise and take a stand. I don't know about you, but it's not just things I want to be said concerning me, but about generations that come after me. I do not want any traces of any curse in generations that come after me. So I rise as a curse breaker. I arise as a savior. The Bible says saviors in, in Zion shall arise. I arise as a savior in my own family. Saying those that come after me will not experience the things that have, even if I have experienced certain things, but it ends with me. I draw the line. I'm going to stand as a priest for my brothers and sisters who are younger than me who come after me. I don't care what has been prevalent in generations past. Unfortunately, we don't share the same father with the rest of my siblings. So, you see, when I contend, I contend from my father's side and also from their father's side and then my mother's side. But I stand and I say, I don't care what it is that has been prevailing. It will not come to them. The Bible talks about he that dwells in the sacred place shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. 
So whatever it is that may come, it will not come near thee. I want you to rise up in the name of Jesus. Right now, we're going to do some damage control. I don't care. I don't care what it is that your parents involve themselves with or their parents or their parents' parents. I want you to rise up in the name of Jesus right now. We're addressing these matters right now. Speak with your children in mind. Speak with your children in mind. If you're an older sibling, speak with your siblings, your younger siblings in mind. I want us to do some damage control. I don't care what altars have been, old age altars that have been prevailing in your bloodline. We are destroying them. I don't care what sacrifices have been made, whether human or animal. Right now we are dealing with those in the name of Jesus. And right now I don't want you to speak in tongues. I want you to speak. You know the patterns that you have seen. Speak. Let every generational curse break. It comes to an end with you. Is it barrenness? Is it delayed marriage? Is it joblessness? Is it financial insufficiency? Is it anger? What is it? Speak. Separate yourself. Come by the blood of Jesus. Come by the blood of Jesus. Come by the blood of Jesus. I don't care what sacrifice was ever made. And that blood may be still speaking over every member of your family. Over generations. You come by the blood of Jesus that speaks better things than the blood of Abel. You were not redeemed with a corrupt with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers. They are things that you received by tradition from your fathers. But you were bought and redeemed by the precious blood. From those traditions, address those things in the name of Jesus. Separate yourself. Separate yourself. Whatever it is, call it by name. Call it by name. Call it by name. Whatever judgment has been risen and set over your bloodline, separate yourself. For now, you are traceable. You are traceable to the second and last Adam, not the first Adam. Address it in the name of Jesus. Right now, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. What is it? Whatever it is. Whatever it is. Bring it into it now. It ends with you. 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 It ends with you
Thank you for watching the Faith and Grace Network, where we connect you to the Word of Faith and Grace. We trust that you have been blessed and that your life has been catapulted to our levels of glory. Now, if you have not yet made Jesus the Lord of your life, we invite you today to make him the Lord of your life by praying the simple prayer now. O oh Lord God, I believe with all my heart in Jesus Christ, Son of the living God. I believe he died for me, and God raised him from the dead. I believe he's alive today. I confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ is the Lord of my life from this day. Through him and in his name, I have eternal life. I'm born again. Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. I'm now a child of God. Hallelujah. Congratulations. You are now a child of God. We want to send you ministry resources to help you grow as a Christian. Visit our website at www.gracetabernacleinternationalsa.org and contact us and we will be in touch. God bless you and keep your faith aflame. Thank you.